Hey, Tyler. Hey, Jay. How are you doing? I'm so great. It's so good to see you. Another weekend. Yeah, we did weekend. it. So I have a question for you that's based on a story. I have an answer based on your story. Um, on a, a few weeks ago, yep, I was helping to lead worship at our good friend Laura Bentley Nooser's nice. Church Sanctuary. Nice. Uh, they do a thing that is probably one of my favorite. Remember, she told us she's works. just Laura Bentley. Yeah. 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 She entered. I, it was her voicemail. Yeah. Was Laura Bentley? She will her. list it that way for people who can't handle it. Right. But <laughs> I think that legally she's still just Laura Bentley. Yeah. Because I I got lost yeah. on the way and had to call her and she didn't answer, which is you know classic. But uh, they have created the sanctuary church uh, worshiping community has created, I think, the greatest combination of two words I've heard in my life. Dinner church. Yes. Great. They do it once a month. Which, um, I it this, just for clarity, I think that exists. They didn't create that. No. But they, that's not unique. They but, lean, they, they have built that as one of their keystone foundational yeah, points. I'm pretty sure the disciples were onto this in biblical times. There but, is a little bit of it in Acts. Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah. But I, I think more of us should have dinner and church at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, so I went to sing a few songs, and uh, they, for the dinner portion of the dinner church, ordered Chipotle catering. Nice. And uh, they ordered Have it you for, ever had Chipotle before? I've had Chipotle it's good. always. Uh, <laughs> they ordered for 15 people. Uh-huh. And Laura said, I'm a little nervous about that because I know a whole bunch of people that aren't coming, so like we might have a light crowd. The Chipotle arrives, and it is conservatively chipotle for 30 people oh it's, my. i mean they charge they them order? for 15 oh okay but oh, it's nice. a lot of food nice nice like it's just piles and piles of yeah. food. yeah and then i think it, we maxed out like seven people came oh. for ch- dinner church yeah and i'm both pleased and ashamed to say and this is where i'm getting to the question that you finished all the food <laughs> that i had four burritos that <laughs> night in a single shot nice uh it was it was a were they did you stack them like a like a Chipotle, like they would have in the line? Because you made your own burrito. There were smaller okay. tortillas. Um, oh, okay. So I could only so fit it's like, so much so in. So it's like three burritos. Yeah. Even though you had four. Right. Like the equivalent of right. three. Right. Perhaps. Uh, so it got me thinking, mm-hmm. what is the best slash most shameful food thing you've done? Is Ooh. there like a meal that you've had? Oh, my. That you were like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, All of my eating is is <laughs> it, is served with a heaping side of shame. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, uh, yeah, every I'm a big buffet person, and uh, so yeah, the, uh, yeah I can't. Trouble. I can think of as you say, Chipotle is all your meals. All of my meals are are <laughs> deep fried in shame yeah. <laughs> and re- and regret. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. I and I'm also a card carrying member of the Clean Plate Club, so it's very hard for me to uh, say no to a plate. You can totally fit one more egg roll. <laughs> you might as well finish it. It's not going to th- th- and really trying to deal with the idea of like I can throw the rest of this in the garbage, mm-hmm. or I can put it in my stomach, and it's not gonna. It's only gonna make me feel worse. It's not gonna like it's already wasted food. Right. And so I can either make a good decision and throw it out. Or just do what my grandma told me is like, if you took it, you need to eat it. Like, yeah. I think that was it is that I was told too many times at like camp and at my grandma's house that if you take too much, you ha- you better eat all that. Right. And being spiteful is the wrong word. Whatever the emotional equivalent of spiteful is for an eight year old, because I don't think they have that nuanced relationship, <laughs> just determination. Right. I just was like, okay, and I would do it. And uh, it, it doesn't not serve me well. I can eat a whole lot, but boy. Yeah, it's catching up. Yeah, yeah. Don't turn forty, kids. No, don't it'll do uh, it. don't do it. It'll uh, it'll it makes life harder. I believe that is not the first time you have mentioned that you are a card carrying member of the Clean Plate Club. Yeah. Do you have a card? Do you want to see it? You really actually have a card? Yeah, here. See, I was gonna go make one. Oh, see, no, that's just. Oh, play with me. Okay. Oh, look at that. There's a clean plate on it. <laughs> what a beautiful laminated card. I do need. I do. Uh, if you want to make me a card, I yeah. don't have a card. Man. I just pulled a card out of my wallet. I tried to even, like, yeah. fully it. You do have some of the best business cards in the business. They're pretty great. I've yeah. been told by many people, though, this doesn't look like me. And that's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a picture of you. What yeah, it's a picture of me, but it's a picture of me from. What is it? 
It's like seven years ago. I don't think I've ever seen you wear glasses. That might be the. I wear. I used to wear glasses quite a bit. Yeah, I do have glasses on it, and I have like a like a Newsies hat that I used to wear all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. It's my. I'll wear it once the fall starts kicking in. Mm-hmm. And boy, I'm excited for fall. Yeah. Um, it's throwback. But it's but it's from a, a wedding. It was taken at a wedding on uh, August fourth, mm. two thousand twelve. And, it's not uh, terribly long. No, ago. it's not that long ago. No. But I, I mean, it's now seven years ago. But I think that I look roughly seven years. I mean, I'm a little older, but my face looks the same. I just, I, I'm wearing glasses in that picture that's like bigger than. Anyway, yeah. my my business card has a picture of me on it because someone gave me a, pic, a business card with a picture of them on it one time, and I thought that's brilliant because really I'm helpful. good at faces and not as good at, with names. And if I get a business card. And I'm not connecting it to a face. It's not usually as helpful as right. you just give me a picture of yourself, like right. a baseball card with yeah. stats on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will bring up now. I will go for two shameful eating yeah. stories. I'm sure that I have an actual event, so I'll, I'll keep thinking like, yeah. while you're talking. But I'll be listening as well. When I was in high school, I was dating a young girl by the name of Sarah Fetterman. Oh, mm-hmm. which spoiler alert. Oh, Sarah is now my wife. Is right? she related to? The other Fetterman? Like the politician? Yes. What? Way, way, way back. Okay. Because uh, when he got in big, uh, John Fetterman was yeah. the mayor of- He's from Braddock. Braddock. Yeah. And is now the lieutenant governor. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah, he got national prominence. He was on the news a lot. Yeah. He's in that Levi's commercial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, but so she, Sarah's real big on ancestry and found out that I forget oh, how Oh, so many, she didn't grow up knowing like, that's my no, uncle or no, something no, no, like no, that. No. Okay. No, no. They're, you know, a couple generations back, they find some common ancestor. Mm. So anyway, in high school, uh, Sarah and I are dating, and we go to a good friend's graduation party. And a similar situation, this is the recipe, this is the perfect storm for bad situation. Yeah. A whole lot of food, and not as many people as you expected, yeah. showed up. Because I will, I'm not a member of the Clean Play Club, but I will take that on as a personal responsibility. With yeah. great power comes yeah. great responsibility. Especially in that situation where you feel, where people are like, oh, we have too much food, please eat more. I was like, right. all right, I might as well. Yeah. You asked me to it. Like, I'm like Joey Tribbiani. Like, <laughs> right. Give me, I'll finish all these turkeys because there's too much food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, on one night, one day, consumed by myself 19 years of corn. Ooh. 19 in addition to whatever else i ate yeah that's a lot off the buffet that that's was, a lot were they full lot. years or the half years full years yeah. that's a lot I, no i i don't know if i've told you but i grew up in iowa so there's yeah. a lot of corn out there <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I i've eaten my fair share of corn i i'm sure i've eaten over a dozen before but i'm not sure yeah. i've gotten to 19 i, I think that you, like you have to be trying to prove something at that I, point. I think i think it started with i just like corn yeah on the cob and so i had a bunch and then people started noticing, yeah. and you say you kept going. Yeah, I think uh, I will keep a, going. Yeah, you don't get to that point by yourself. No, no. I had a I had a little cheering section. I had a little, you know, everybody yeah. was on board. Everybody was on board except my girlfriend, <laughs> who broke up with me. Oh, sweet! Over AOL Instant Messenger. Nice. The very next day. Hey, cool one. Let me <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, the very next day she broke up with me because I had caused her such embarrassment. Oh man, having eaten 19 years of corn. So what did you have to eat to get her back? I don't, I don't know. I think I had to stop eating. Oh nice. Yeah. yeah don't, oh, don't, please do not use these food items as public displays of bravado anymore. That's a great. Oh, public displays of bravado is the name of our first album. Oh man, From the Fear Triad. Yeah, that's our, our three-piece good. punk outfit. <laughs> Like just plays vibrato, vibrato. or vibrato that works Either too. Either one. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're high. If you're listening to this car in the car, I'm so sorry yeah, for all great. of that. Yeah. Um, I can't think. I mean, there has to be stories. I think I've I've uh, blocked them from my brains. I've certainly eaten a whole pizza by myself, mm-hmm. not with the goal of it, but like gotten eight or like a, it's an eight cut. I've probably gotten six pieces in and then realized. Oh, no, nope. you, you just got finished. no one, else. and it's and it's been at like, uh, like a youth event. Yeah, where I just keep going for it, and then I realize like, oh, no one else ate the mushroom pizza. <laughs> I think I ate all of them. Yeah, like I'll go back and count. It's like seven pieces in. Might as well keep going like yeah. that. Uh, it's always been buffet oriented. I've never thrown up because I've eaten so much, <laughs> but it's come pretty dang close. And that to me would be the most 
shameful thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, it is a public display of bravado if you eat a lot of food. Yes. It can very quickly turn into just pure shame. Yeah. If you tried to eat a lot of food and had to puke. Well, and even those like the hot dog eating contest, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is disgusting. Yeah, like I'm I, not I'm okay not with it, that. if you're not enjoying it, that's not. Right. But if you're um, but the uh, it's and and being a youth ministry too, like yeah. you eat like an idiot because you're a lot of fast food, a lot of pizza, a lot of stuff yep. like that. And um, so I think at, at getting out of regular youth ministry didn't change my my general habits of how I eat, and that's not great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I never. No one ever broke up with me because of what I was. <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> so on that note, I'm Jay and I'm Tyler, and this is Roughing the, the Passer. you've heard of it that that aired recently on netflix are you talking about strange things uh it's stranger things oh is even, that the sequel <laughs> even better than strange things it's a, a step in the right it's direction. too bad that the first season wasn't called strange things <laughs> and then the second season called stranger things and then season three Strangest, strangest things, things or yeah. strangier things but there's yeah i was gonna say there's kind of like though that it's strange thing stranger things is is the first season mm-hmm. the second season is not called stranger things season two it's called stranger things two, two. it's yeah. like a movie yep um, yeah. So, uh, as is mo- as typical of most things pop culture, I take forever to hop on to something. Yep. And then when I do, I hop on hard. Early well, adopter with technology. Right. Late adopter with pop culture. Very, very, very accurate. Yeah, I am the inverse of that. Well, yeah. I'm a I'm a half step back technology wise. If you stay a half step back, everything's three hundred dollars cheaper. That's really true. Yeah. Really, really true. Uh, so just recently. Uh, Stranger Things season three came out. Yes, I had seen none of it up till that point. Just recently, which is now three months ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we've been working on this one. <laughs> uh, so I just finished actually two weeks ago. Yeah, because it came out series. Fourth of July. Yeah, that weekend. Yeah, because yeah. it was all yep. centered on that. Uh, and you had not seen and and a single episode of Stranger no, Things I, as previously listed in the podcast. Right. I think we said this on the podcast at one point that you had not even seen a single episode. No, and then you. Binge through it all. I binged bulldozed right through. How it. long did it take you to get from episode one to episode the last of uh, season three? Like episode one, season one. With the boys, it was an interesting thing because with the boys and yeah. So this is actual life. I mean, right. like it's not. Yeah. Right. I would say it took me about a month and a half, maybe. That's um, not bad. It's and not that's, terrible. That's what. That's like twenty-four-ish hours of. Yeah, television? something like that. 24, 25? Yeah. Yeah, because Sarah very clearly said, please don't get me hooked on another show right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one season of uh, West Wing, basically. Yeah, yeah. essentially. <laughs> Which, yeah, we're going back through that right now, too. Because, oh. again, uh, we I just still repeat. have not, I need to, I, I've not made time to watch an episode. Before. <sighs> I got the, it was on sale on iTunes, and so I got the I failed you season. as a friend if I haven't introduced you to this Yeah, I've, I've watched the show. first season, or the first episode I watched the first half hour of it four times. Yeah, because I keep coming back to it. It the first couple episodes it's good. are it's good. good. It's not like it loses me. It's just that Adrian doesn't have any interest in it, and it's uh, we like the same stuff. And so most of the time when we're watching TV, and she'll we'll both stay up till like ten thirty eleven. Yeah, and so we watch TV together. So it's I don't have a lot of extra time for a show that I can deep dive into that that uh, she doesn't want to yeah. watch. And there's we're backlogged in so many things to watch anyway. I I still got well. This is throwback to another episode that will come later but i still gotta watch mindhunter oh yes yeah it Mindhunter's comes up great. in, in ni- netflix queue all uh, the time mindhunter is great mindhunter is uh it's on netflix it's uh produced and directed largely directed more than half the episodes directed by david fincher who mm-hmm. did zodiac and fight club and uh girl with the dragon tattoo and a curious case of benjamin button and the express yourself video for madonna uh <laughs> And a lot of other videos, and this one YouTube ad. <laughs> he and, did do yeah. some ads. Uh, no, Fincher's great, and uh, uh, it's a real good movie. It's a lot like Zodiac. If you ever seen Zodiac, uh, in that it's real creepy. Um, huh. It's surprisingly not violent. 
for all for dealing yeah. with violent criminals but it's just serial killers describing what they've done yeah uh and it's it's a drama it's a fictionalized version of a real story which is the fbi in the late 70s started their um started this serial like profiling starting to figure out the mind of a killer and why they do stuff and they did that by interviewing serial killers so this is a real thing that really happened and in the show i think every single serial killer that they talked to in the show was a real person and most of those scenes where they talked to the serial killers they use transcripts from those actual interviews so it's it's real true to life and it's real it's really good yeah it's disturbing can we say it stars adrian it does it it stars stars season two features special feature stars uh starring adrian domsky my wife uh she is the star of episode one of season two yeah um she is uh, the linchpin to the whole episode, Obviously. which is the person who is sitting at the table, three tables behind the main character um, during a pivotal scene towards the end of the episode. And then the person who is standing outside the door that the second main character walks out of. See? In the, in the season. Obviously, in the, scene the plot does not advance without these. Oh, it's, she's the linchpin for it. Yeah, like, it, it really, it's super great. Yeah, she, so uh, all of Mindhunter was filmed in Pittsburgh and she, uh, through kind of fun circumstances ended up being an extra there and got to be there for the whole thing and and you can we know that she's there but you can't see her face but it's pretty great <laughs> if you know what you're looking for yeah uh, so anyway all of those great shows we will do podcasts of later but stranger things if you've never seen the show you probably need just a basic synopsis of what this what's going on so here it is this is from wikipedia uh the most basic of synopsis here's here's the first season synopsis the first season begins in november 1983 when researchers at Hawkins National Laboratory in Hawkins, Indiana, open a rift to the upside-down and alternate dimension. A monster, which we come to know as the Demogorgon, from the upside-down, escapes and abducts a boy named Will Byers. Will's mother, Joyce, and the town's police chief, Jim Hopper, search for Will. At the same time, a young psychokinetic girl, called Eleven, escapes from the laboratory and assists Will's friends, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas in their efforts to find Will. Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Eleven are all about 12. Will has an older brother named Jonathan, who is probably a junior in high school. Um, And Mike has an older sister named Nancy, who's also a junior. Nancy is very popular, does all the right things. Uh, She has a friend named Barb, and Nancy is way into this guy who's a super popular kid named Steve Harrington. Steve Harrington's kind of a bad guy. Nancy is into him, and uh, they go to his house one time and do the kind of grown-up things. And uh, Barb tries to get Nancy not to go there and turns into a very Sweet Valley High kind of drama. Uh, But then Barb also gets taken by the Demogorgon and pulled into the Upside Down, never to be seen again. R.I.P. Barb. Uh, and, and, And what they do an incredible job of in this show, I did not grow up in the 80s. I was born in the 80s. But just the look and feel of the whole show from oh, it's top, so great. To fa- top to bottom, they nail the nostalgia of this is what that era was like. And it's not – I think that the the thing that I always worry about with stuff like this, and especially with season three, which we'll get to, because season three leans into the culture of 1985 a whole lot yeah, more because they're in a mall. Right. But um, with all – every episode, you, I worried that it was going to be like The Wedding Singer. Right. Which is a great movie for what it is. It's an Adam Sandler movie, so it, it comes with a, a huge helping of stupid that you just know is going to be there. <laughs> right. And and, uh, and every 80s reference in The Wedding Singer is like, hey, do you notice this? 80s reference. Hey, look at me. I'm wearing yeah. a Michael Jackson glove. Hey, look at me and my flock of seagulls. It's like it's, it's like the guy that does the dad jokes and then finishes each of them with, did you get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Am I right? Like, yeah. it's... Uh, <laughs> It's it's that, and um, they do a great job of on Stranger Things of not doing that at all. No, and people dress the way that people would have dressed, and it's yep. not just like a bunch of members only jackets and popped collars and things like that, yeah. and, and like jams. Like it's it's uh, people are just wearing normal clothes, like the and they're wearing economically appropriate clothes for each of them. Yeah, and so it's the interesting thing about the feel of this show is that it feels like if you took Goonies and um, Stephen King novels and Stand By Me and 
maybe Donnie Darko, like something like that. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. it has this, because Donnie Darko, where it's like almost a comedy, but not, and you right. don't quite know what's going on. And Donnie Darko does a pretty good job of like nailing the late 80s, because yep. it's like 88 in that movie. Yeah. Um, and this kind of ethereal tone. And then this weird kind of like, um, uh, who's the Cthulhu guy? Um, he's an author. Oh man, Bartleby! You have to tell. Oh, Bartleby's <laughs> been on vacation for a while. I think yeah. he, I think he's back uh, from vacation. Thank goodness. Oh, Bartleby, are you going to help us later? I certainly am. It's been a wonderful vacation. All right, mm. we're not talking to you right now. So did just you leave us paint alone. a bow tie on your neck? I certainly did. It's a very festive. That's that's occasion. incredible. It's a very lovely occasion. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, we're we're happy to see you too. Boy, he won't shut up, man. That guy. <laughs> All right, Bartleby, go back in your in your in your um, cat house. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the yeah, there's some author who came up with Cthulhu and all this stuff and does like weird monsters. And mm-hmm. It's very like other realms that come into what's that guy's name? Anyway, tell us more about season one. So, so speaking of weird monsters, we have the Demogorgon that is this uh, weird plant looking thing that has a four way opening mouth. Yeah, like a yeah. Uh, that can apparently smell blood. It from doesn't look like a plant, but its face looks like a plant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The rest of it looks like flesh. Humanoid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Uh, it eats people. Uh, if you if it bleeds, if it smells blood. Yeah. Uh, it can shark. Yeah, it can come. Uh, it can come get you. Uh, and does there are a couple people that just up and die. Uh, classic horror movie style. The one uh, Barb. Barb uh, was the best. I was way into Barb in season one. And when she died, I was I was one of the people who was very much oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna spoil the whole season. Yeah, the whole if, if you want to see Stranger Things and and. We're not going to, and I would say we're not going to spoil it. It's still going to be good. It's, right. We're going to take away some of the surprises, but the show is not really about surprises. That's really true. I don't think. I mean, it really isn't. No, uh, I don't think that there's anything like I never saw. That. I mean, there are some really great twists in it, right. but it's not like they would have been bad if anyone had told. Well, there's that. some mysteries to it. Like you're yeah. trying to figure out. So they they have this monster that's running around terrorizing the town. You're trying to figure out where it comes from and how its powers work and weird stuff like that. But there's also this girl, Eleven, and the conspiracy, and the conspiracy, yeah, with uh, Matthew Modine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Eleven is a, apparently a science experiment uh, that that comes from the same place that the monster appears to come from. Yeah. yeah. What she call it? She calls Matthew Modine Papa. Yes. The gray-haired fella who's yes. in charge of uh, who the, the man is the also. Uh, this is where it gets a little X Files. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, so it's a good like uh, gumbo of all these great. Right. Because when it first came out, references. I think part of what drew me away from it was it, it was billed as a horror movie. Or a horror show, which yeah, and you're not down. I don't, I don't not anti horror movies. No, you're it's just, just not, not my first. H.P. Lovecraft, take that, Bartleby. <laughs> I do not need you. We have phones now. Oh no, that was my brain. Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I lean on my brain to figure it out, but I I wanted to get that one out, so yeah. I did look at my phone. H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> Wait. Oh, what was that? My pants. Oh, that was a sticker on the bottom. Okay, <laughs> I just I hear felt like that was gonna be a good sound. Okay, yeah. continue. So anyway, it, it it is there are horror movie elements to it, but there's also a lot of sci-fi. There's also a lot of like mystery, like X Files style, mm. uh, that that all comes together in a very appealing package and a whole lot of heart. Yes, like they the characters are so richly done, and the kids act like kids, and the swears are like Goonie swears. Yep. Which, as I ha- as I have my own kids, we still haven't watched Goonies. I keep thinking, like, when can we watch Goonies? They swear a whole lot in that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, like, the the amount of swearing in it is actually appropriate to kids that are 11 yep. years old. Yep. And um, and the way in which they talk to each other and interact is, is spot on. really spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Uh, season one ends with uh, LL, as she becomes known, uh, beating the Demogorgon and herself disappearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it also season one has Steve Harrington, who is oh, the worst we, character. We didn't get to ever. that. Yeah. Ooh, I hated Steve Harrington, and <laughs> so he's so much. great. I mean, he's so terrible in season one because he is like almost like a, a an assaulter mm-hmm. toward um, what's her name? Nancy. Nancy. Fancy Nancy. And uh, and Jonathan is the other guy. It's the other guy, yeah, yeah, who's like a creeper taking pictures of people from the bushes. Right. Yeah, he's like we're on his side until you realize, like, no, he's kind of stalkery. He's like, weird. There's, yeah. there's some weird stuff going on here. He well, also has he's he has a really interesting. I realize this if you watch interviews of him online. He's British, really? and his face makes sense 
when you realize he's British. Yeah. When he's not British, his face is like, what's going on with that guy's face? <laughs> like, this is a, oh, my goodness. Uh, it's like all angular in weird ways, and his eyes are, uh, who cares? Yeah. Um, but it's but, very British. Yes. Yeah, Steve Harrington is the worst character. So true. And so it's so great that you get to hate him in season one. And then he helps a little bit. Yep. And you're like, all right, but don't. This guy's too. You have. He's too well, bad. I wouldn't even say he tries to help. He. He happens to help. All right. He yeah. finds his way advancing his own selfish ambitions yep. Yep. into a fight. And Swinging just, a bat with some uh, nails in it. Which, by the way, I think a bat just on its own is better than a bat with nails in it. Hmm. Because a bat with nails in it, it's going to get stuck in stuff. That's true. If I'm trying to uh, thwart the attack of many monsters, I am going to want something that will give me lots of uh, opportunities for swings. That's why like an axe would not be great. An axe is good for a single strike against one foe. Yeah. It's not good for like go- continued yeah. attack. So I always think like zombie attack, I want an aluminum baseball bat. Yeah. That I can just kind of go swinging crazy. Because even yeah. if you don't kill them in that shot, I've thought way too much about zombie attack. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, at least you're warding thinking. them, you're getting them away. And yeah. especially if it's headshots, man, headshots with a baseball bat yeah. all day long. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, putting putting knives, putting uh, nails in it, I think just makes it the better chance you're going to swing and then have to really like pull it out. Yeah. But again, even that part of that is the the brilliance of the show. If I was a young teenager, yeah, trying to fight a monster, yeah, oh, like it's a reasonable the weapon. traps and uh, and and strategies they come up with to kill the thing, they're very reasonable. Yeah, are of that mindset. One thing we didn't talk about, which we just want to mention, this has probably the best soundtrack of any show oh, I can think of. Yeah, it's this synthwave stuff that I I just love synthwave music. It makes me. I didn't realize that that was my uh, love language until I heard it. <laughs> Through this, it was basically this Tyler's and uh, language is synthwave. Synthwave, it's this and like Blade Runner, yeah, and the Tron movies. Like it, yep. over time, it was, I just like I've always I have a my my safe space is Epcot, mm-hmm. and that is like it's like a whole place of synthwave and like yeah. orchestral synthwave too. So that's like the original Tron soundtrack and stuff like that. And then I, as I would hear that in the real world, it would draw me in, and I didn't realize why. And then I, it's all culminated so nicely and. Yeah, you learn these things, things about so yourself. Yeah. There's also a movie called Drive with uh, um, Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. It's really good. It's called Drive, not starring baby, Ryan not Gosling. Baby not, it's not called Drive with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that one has a really good synthwave soundtrack too. So I highly recommend that soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, okay, so season one ends. Steve Harrington tries to help. Uh, is less than successful. He gets beat up, which comes back later. Dustin's great kid. No yeah. teeth. No teeth. Great. Uh, like, kid. and th- that's his actual condition. Like, that's they do a good job of bringing that into like his character is constantly saying, "I have this thing that means my teeth don't grow in, and like I don't have collarbones or something like." Right. And it's an actual thing that the actor has, and they brought huh. it into that character. So, huh. like, he really is genuinely missing his front teeth. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so so that season ends. Season two picks up. Season two, here's the setting, here's the synopsis for season two. On October 29th, 1984, Will Byers finds himself the target of the Upside Down a year after his disappearance as a large tentacled figure, figure which we come to know as the Mind Flayer, soon terrorizes the citizens of Hawkins. Drawing back Joyce and Hopper, along with Nan- Mike's sister Nancy, Will's brother Jonathan, and Nancy's boyfriend Steve, as well as Will's close friends, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas. The whole group, along with California newcomer Maxine, as well as a missing 11, must join forces once again to prevent the threat from increasing. In this one, Lucas and Dustin are really, um, inter- they're now, everybody's 13, and Lucas and Dustin keep going to the arcade to try to beat uh, high scores the arcade game, and they find this character, Mad Max, who keeps beating all their scores, and they find out that Max is this girl, Maxine. She still goes by Max. Uh, who is their age and just moved in. She has an older brother who is uh, Jonathan and Nancy and Steve's age. His name is Billy, and he is the absolute worst. There's also one of the best characters in the whole series, a guy named Bob Newby, played by Sean Astin of Lord of the Rings and Rudy, and Goonies fame, depending on how old you are. He's connected to you in one of those ways, uh, and he is the best. Um, R.I.P. Bob Newby. And it starts slow. It took me well, at the turnaround. I was not quite as invested in season two as yeah. I wanted to be coming off of season one. Part of it is they do a good job of laying the groundwork of these are people who have gotten on with like they're still right. 
you need to establish that they're they've gotten on they've moved on as much as they can right they are affected by it but they so i think having two episodes where nothing really happens and you're just kind of seeing where everybody is yeah um that you can see kind of everybody's doing okay uh but this has affected everybody here's how it's affected people in different ways yep so it takes a couple episodes to really get to the core of things uh, where they're discovering that these demogorgons uh, have have actually multi demogorgons yeah, demogorgi now, now there are a lot and uh, they get the name demodogs because these ones are well, those ones are a little different four legged yeah, yeah they're like dogs instead, uh, of, instead of people right yeah uh, my favorite part of this is Dustin happens across one living in his garbage can yeah that was my least favorite part of it at first because I thought that's so dumb until I really think about the fact that he absolutely would have done that. Absolutely. And especially because he's trying to impress this new yep. character, Max, who's right. a girl who's really good at video games. Right. And I'm has, going to catch a lizard for her. Yeah. It's a thought. And he's trying to impress her boy. over Lucas. So so Dustin and Lucas, the two two of the friends, there are five kids in this friend group. Uh four guys and then eleven. Uh they don't know that eleven's still there. They think Eleven's gone for the entirety of the season. Yeah, she hasn't come much. back for them until the end. Yeah, and she, we find out that she was with Chief Hopper, who was the cop, who is awesome. Yeah, like he's, he's the perfect kind of character. normal shaped character, uh, <laughs> who's just a gruff son of a gun. Yeah, and uh, he figured out that Eleven was loose in the woods, and he found her, and like is he has a cabin, and he's keeping her safe, right? And like living with her and help, trying to acclimate her, but keeping her private so that the evil corporation won't find out about her right and in the midst of that we meet paul riser yeah who's coming in and it makes you realize like paul riser's not really anything anymore yeah he's he's still around he's great but yeah yeah. i guess he just had 20 years of living life yeah which is fine go for it paul riser he earned it he earned it yeah Uh, living on that mad about you cash that's right so will who was who was disappeared the whole first season yeah he had nothing to do in that first yeah he was gone yeah uh, he gets, uh, you want, I don't know, possessed. You want kind of. Possessed? He's he's like a conduit through which the uh, the the upside down the mm-hmm. the alternate place where all the demogorgons and stuff come from can see through him and speak through him. Right. So he becomes as an actor, he's like not there at all in the first season, and he is Central. the linchpin of, of season two. Right. Yeah. It's really he, he did a great job that actor. Yeah. But it, it ends, it, and we'll come all around to this. I think towards the end, it ends with this really neat situation where he's their friend. Will is their friend. Oh, yes. But they have to kind of be mindful of what they say, do around him. And they end up start isolating him Mm -hmm. uh, because what he knows, the monster knows. And they have to like try and figure out how to get the monster out of him without tipping him off to the. And and how much they can trust him. Right. And so there's a really interesting th- the kind of the running theme of all three seasons is friends don't lie. Yes. And it's I mean, it's a phrase that is uttered in season one by the kids it taught to Eleven. Then Eleven really holds Hopper to that. Yep. When she's trying, she really wants to leave the cabin and see people. And he really doesn't want her to. And he keeps like stretching the truth or bending the truth to try to keep her safe. Right. And she calls him on it and says, you're lying to me. And, and the relationship of that kind of like father-daughter situation is really cool um but also just the sense of this teenager trying to like there's all kinds of other things going on a teenager trying to get a level of um agency Mm -hmm. in the world when they still have someone who wants to protect them but can't do that can't explain that in a way that they can comprehend like it's really really nuanced that whole relationship yeah one of the other bigger twists and we'll come back to the the friends thing in a second one of the biggest twists of season two is Steve Harrington, who is the worst character of yep. all time in the first season, becomes likable within two episodes. Yep. And it's like, I don't, I could see them doing that. I didn't want them to do it. And then all of a sudden I found myself liking Steve Harrington and by the end, loving Steve Harrington. Yeah. By the end of season two. And, and, and that's exactly the right way to say it. Like the, there are movies and shows where you get the bad guy and you're like, God, man, they're going to make me try and like him. And you know you're being manipulated and you know you hate it. This time they actually pull it off. Like Steve Harrington in season one is Awful. He's terrible, but terrible in a real world. Like right. he's not like someone who would get arrested. Right. He's someone that we all know. He's a well-written bully. By the end of season two, as he's working Dustin through relationship advice mm-hmm. and like going with the kids and like, and he's like a babysitter at the end. Yeah, right. he's watching all the kids. Right. When they when they get in that abandoned bus at the junk junkyard, which that's classic to horror movies. In that that is among the dumbest things you could have possibly thought to do. 
But it that uh, they at least had a plan. Right. It wasn't just like we'll run here and then we'll hide from them. Like they were trying to trap it. Yeah. They just didn't realize there were twenty of them. Yeah. Now and, it's a problem. Yeah. 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 And yeah. They, but they get away with it. I mean, they 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 handle they do it smartly. Yeah. The kids are never dumb, which I really appreciate. Right. Usually uh, they're the ones that know what's going on. Oh yeah. The adults are trying to figure it out, and, but the kids are right on the front and line. The, but of they're it. not smarter than they should be. That's the other right. thing is that they do stupid things and then they they're just not freaked out by it. It's right. almost like. This is a weird comparison, but it's like how in a car accident, drunk drivers rarely get hurt because they just roll with it. Yeah. They don't tense up and stress out. So like if you're in a car accident and you see something happening, your whole body's going to tense up. But drunk drivers often come through accidents without dying because they will just roll with the car. Right. And they're so loose that they may break an arm or something, but they're not resisting. Right. And a lot of times resisting and pushing back against something is what's going to hurt you more than anything. And the kids are not drunk drivers but they they're not, they're not scared resisting. enough they don't think that this that they can't beat it they right. just think well of course we can beat it we play D D all the time and this is what we do so we've yeah. been training for this our whole lives <laughs> right that's exactly right so they win again yeah uh, i don't want again i don't want to spoil a whole lot they keep doing a great job of winning by stopping it for the moment there's right. never the sense that like they've saved the world like right. they just like we've put a lid on this for right now yep um I would also, as a footnote, recommend, and I recommended this to you, uh, season one is eight episodes, season three is oh, eight yeah, episodes, yeah. season two is nine episodes, and I think season seven, or episode seven of season two, you can just skip outright, and it makes the, the whole Do series better. Do not need it. It's a terrible episode. It doesn't. It's inconsistent with the whole idea of Friends Don't Lie or the sense that love is stronger than hate. Like That's kind of the resounding themes of the, episode, of the season, and that episode seems to be saying the opposite. Yeah. And, Almost flauntingly so. Yeah. yeah, and you can skip it, and it does not change anything. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of characters. It's 11 w- w- interacting with a bunch of characters that you will never see again. Right. And um, it sees episode six ends right where episode eight begins. Yeah. So you can literally just skip it. Just, just, yeah, you'll be all right. Uh, so, yeah, they win. They save the day. Uh, and, again, like you said, not in a permanent way. Literally just save the day. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Season 3. In the summer of 1985, in Hawkins, Indiana, the newly opened Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Chief Jim Hopper is conflicted over Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, while Joyce considers moving out of Hawkins for better prospects, leaving the state of the children's friendships and her relationship with Hopper up in the air. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly. Eleven and Max sense something is off in there about the town's residents, and despite having closed the portal to the Upside Down, they fear that they are all in danger from it still. Also, Dustin has returned from being away for the summer at a camp called Camp Nowhere, which is like a science and learning camp. And he has returned to find that the group has kind of paired up. Lucas and Max are dating. Uh, Eleven and Mike are dating. Will is kind of frustrated being this odd man out. They're now 14, so they all kind of are boy-girl relationships. Um, And Dustin wants to have everything be like it used to be. And uh, everybody's preoccupied. Pretty soon, everybody gets split up. Steve is working at the mall with this girl, Robin, um, and Dustin goes there, and they get involved in a plot with Russians who have moved into, in a very kind of Red Dawn kind of scenario, uh, they've moved into the community and have actually built the mall um, as a front to uh, get to the Upside Down. The Russians have opened up a portal, tried to open up an entrance to this other dimension, in Russia and it failed and so they figured out that Hawkins is another place where the portal is able to be open so they're trying to open it from underneath and so Steve and Rachel work in this place and uh, then Dustin and Lucas's sister Erica get involved in a plot trying to find the Russians while Billy Max's terrible brother gets possessed by the mind flare in this new incarnation and uh, there's kind of like a, a body snatchers kind of situation where there's a bunch of people who are kind of possessed by this and are working together. So this one takes place in the summer. Takes a little while to get juiced up on what's happening in mm-hmm. season three. Uh, Mike and Eleven have started their very teenage relationship mm-hmm. uh, and are making out constantly. In, much in, the most, the, in the most teenage way. Like yeah. it's So even that is handled very sweetly. It's totally. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a coworker who said, you know, there's one scene where they're making out and uh, Eleven slams the door when Hopper finds out. Yeah. And Hopper tries to bust in. They lock the door and everything. And then he finally does get in. And they're both sitting as far apart yeah, as like 10 feet be. apart. <laughs> and she looks at him with this like, what? Yeah. 
and they're and, like sitting on the bed reading magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and and my coworker was like, I have seen that face <laughs> eight thousand times. It was like, we're not doing anything. Why yeah. would you? What are you doing? What? Yeah. yeah why are you in? Why here? are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> don't you trust me get uh, out of your dad so, so again that show does such a good job with little nuanced stuff like yeah, that yeah. um super good but then we discover that the big bad monster uh has been a mind flare yeah has been awakened by the russians of all people oh, because it's 1985 yeah and where it, it, you know communist russia has has america in its sights yep what better place to take over and base their evil plan than a mall in midwestern america uh so the mall shows up they build a brand new mall oh and boy they do a great job of like the branding is it's all real stuff like that's what makes it so good that it's not like um fake like a an ice cream store called 31 flavors like they would have just a straight up baskin robbins i don't even think baskin robbins is in there but it's like orange julius is there like there's everything that would have been there in the mall and it's all true to the branding of the time so they yep. have the logos like they did a great job the set dressing is amazing uh even uh we were talking about how the movie theater has the all the movies that are yep. on the marquee are movies that were out that exact weekend and by the by what an amazing what setup. a great weekend to be alive yeah if it's john, was- john carpenter's the thing uh george romero's dawn of the dead or day of the dead day of the dead uh, which is what they watch at the very beginning. Return to Oz, yep. which I is one of my favorite, like inappropriate for kids, kids movies of the eighties. <laughs> I love it. I highly recommend Return to Oz. It's great. It is a lost gem, and it's super creepy. Yeah. Uh, and then Back to the Future. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Oh what a goodness. time to be alive. Oh my goodness. What a year. Uh, yeah. So the the all of the set dressing is perfect, but underneath this mall is a secret Russian base. Yeah. Uh, Which they are trying to open up the upside down again to get into that power and do something with it. It's not really clear what they're trying to do. No one ever seems to know why they're doing this. No, you don't need to know. Power. Power. Uh, This one gets a little bit more creepy if you're a little more squeamish, but the the mind flayer starts embodying people and then taking over their bodies to the point of their bodies just explode and all become this monster all their guts get added together in a weird play-doh monster yeah of guts which is legitimately creepy on yeah. so many levels but like they it, do also it's legitimately creepy but it's also refreshing refreshing is the right wrong word but <laughs> it's it's not just the same monster right but it's not a brand new monster like right. now this new thing came out of nowhere like it's the same thing but in a new way yep. and that's really really smart you also we also get uh a character that was introduced in season two who is the worst character yes Billy. Billy. He is Max's brother, and he is actually a crazy person. Yeah, he's nuts. He is um, violent and fueled with anger and really... Trying to hit on people's moms. Yeah, really like a scary character, not just creepy. Like, he's really scary. And he gets... Steve tries to beat him up in the second one, and then he gets beaten (laughs) up. Steve is always getting beaten up. It's great. Um, But in this, he becomes kind of the linchpin of season three and that he gets taken over by the Mind Flayer. And they do a great job of like at first I was like, oh, I can try to redeem him and make yeah. us feel like like him. And they don't do that. No, I still don't like him. But they make us empathize right. or sympathize with him. Like you feel because you learn about how he became who he is. And in in the end, like he's not redeemable in terms of what he's done, right. but he's redeemable as a human, as a soul. Yeah. And that in and of itself, like the Steve Harrington thing, as much as it's frustrating that transition from one to two, it it is makes sense. And as Christians, we need to accept the idea that even the worst person can be redeemed. Yeah. And Billy, to a degree, is at least you can see the humanity in him. Like mm-hmm. the, that um, at the conclusion of it, Eleven gets to kind of get into his mind and can see all of his memories, everything that, that led him to be this toxic human. Yeah. And she that's how she kind of gets to him because he comes possessed by the mind flare and uh, she says i see you yeah and really dips into that and and push and he recognizes and it's very i mean to to take a real left turn but take us into the bible that all throughout the gospel of luke one of the things i like about it the most is that jesus is constantly seeing people yeah and you can miss it because it's just descriptors at the beginning of a sentence it says like the a woman touched Jesus' cloak and he turned around and he saw her and he said, "Woman." Like, but he always it's always Jesus is constantly seeing people and then you don't get that in the other gospels. The, right. That specific verb 
happening before he and he'll see someone have compassion on them he'll see someone get upset he'll see things and it it's a very simple concept but this idea that um you can see billy as just a pure evil as just a bad guy as someone to avoid yeah until or or you can see his humanity right and that doesn't excuse his actions right but it helps to humanize him as someone who should be uh, who should be mourned yeah you might even make the argument he only does the one heroic thing he does because when he was, he's yeah. seen. Oh, absolutely. Um, what is his, his heroic thing? I can't remember. He, he does something he, that helps them. The the well, he kind of sacrifices, does the whole uh, pseudo Jesus thing. The Neo he's thing? really dead. Yeah, um, yeah. Sacrifices himself for the kids in the face of the gooey mind flare. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. like holds back just enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hodors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the, and the kids survive it. Uh, while, I, wanna, I like that being attacking. a verb now. I like that being a verb. <laughs> Hodors. Oh, he Which, Hodor'd. by the way, your wife spoiler still doesn't alert. know. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, That's three saltines right in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and again, just to cap it all off, that big final battle where Steve, is, or not Steve, Billy is giving his life for the kids. They mm-hmm. are attacking this giant fleshy monster oh, yeah. with firecrackers, fireworks, because yeah. of course they are. Yeah, because they're kids. Yeah. Uh, and and because Lucas, where they were in the grocery store trying to get, what were they trying to get? Something uh, to help out Al because Al, she, she yeah, got they're like getting like peroxide aid, or yeah. something like that. And and Lucas is like, how about these fireworks? Because it's Fourth of July weekend. And there's a big display. Yeah, because of course that's what a kid's gonna be drawn to. Yeah, uh, there's two scenes that I think are probably among the best in the whole series. Yeah, and they happen right after one another. Uh, Steve and uh, this girl that he's working in the ice cream shop with Robin and uh, they are both they had been captured by the Russians they've escaped from the Russians and uh, they then in order to hide from the Russians they so they were in this elevator that's in the subterranean thing underneath the mall they were able to get back up the elevator with Dustin and with Lucas's little sister and um, they're hiding in the movie theater mm-hmm. watching Back to the Future but both Robin and Steve have been drugged with right. truth serum and so they're like all loopy and like drunk and so they are Outside of the theater after that, they're talking to each other, trying to explain the plot of Back to the Future <laughs> while they're high to each other. Yeah. And it's one of the funniest scenes I've seen. And it's especially, it makes you realize the plot to Back to the Future is really confusing. It's so messed Or really up. elaborate. Wait, wait, the hot chick goes out to be Keaton's mom? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But they're the same age. No, but he went back in time. <laughs> then why is it called Back to the Future? He has to go back to the future because... He's in the past, so the future is actually the present, which is his time. Wh- what? No, no, it's my turn. You've had enough. And then there's a, c- a scene that's uh, right after that. There's, I think, an interstitial scene, but then um, where the two of them, uh, Robin gets sick, and so they go to the bathroom so she can throw mm-hmm. up. And then the two of them, and they've been building this relationship over the course of the, like, they're very antagonistic. They had just happen to work together at this ice cream store, which is kind of belittling to Steve because he's not going to college. He's working at the mall in this ice cream right. shop, which is like ships ahoy, scoops ahoy. <laughs> it's scoops called. ahoy. And so as we wear sailor outfits and stuff. And uh, you get the impression that she, she's a band kid, marching band mm-hmm. kid. He was cool kid. Yep. And so he didn't have, give her the time of day. And she, you get the impression that she has a crush on him and she really wishes that he had paid attention to her. Right. And so he is coming to terms with that and starts to, while she's laying there next to the toilet, <laughs> as uh, and, they're, great and they're, both, go. they're both yeah. coming down off of their, like, inebriation, um, he kind of admits, like, I like you, mm-hmm. but says, like, there's a, what if a person liked a person or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And really says, like, friend. you're really cool and I should give you, I, it's dumb that I never saw that before and I'm sorry. And then she admits, I, don't like boys i like girls and when i told he told she told him a story earlier about how jealous she was when this one girl looked at him in class all the time right and then she says i was jealous of that the girl was looking at you and not at me and steve's response that is so great and so it's it's as great as you can get while still being appropriate to the fact that this is 1985 right and it's so it's a beautiful woke culture yeah and it's this beautiful human response where they can still be really good friends Mm -hmm. and 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 love each other in a friendship way right while he acknowledges and and like is not put off by that um but there's this it's just this beautifully written scene uh in the midst of all this other thing 
What do you think? About? This girl. She sounds awesome. She is awesome. And what about the guy? I think he's on drugs, and he's not thinking straight. Really, because I think he's thinking a lot more clearly than usual. He's not. Look, he doesn't even know this girl. And if he did know her, like, like really know her, I don't think he'd even want to be your friend. No, that's not true. No way is that true. Listen to me, Steve. It's shocked me to my core. But I like you. I really like you. But I'm not like your other friends. And I'm not like Nancy Wheeler. Robin, that's exactly why I like you. Do you remember what I said about Click's class? About me being jealous and, like, obsessed? Yeah. It isn't because I had a crush on you. It's because she wouldn't stop staring at you. Mrs. Click? Tammy Thompson. I wanted her to look at me. But she couldn't pull her eyes away from you and your stupid hair. And I didn't understand because you would get bagel crumbs all over the floor. And you asked dumb questions. And, and you didn't even like her. And I would go home and just scream into my pillow. Tammy Thompson's a girl. Steve. Yeah? <laughs> oh. Oh. Steve. Did you OD over there? No, just, uh, just thinking. Okay. I mean, yeah. Tammy Thompson, you know, she's cute and all, but... I mean, she's a total dud. She's not. Yes, she is. She wants to be like a singer. She wants to move like Nashville and... She has dreams. She can't even hold a tune. I mean, she's practically tongue deaf. Have you heard her? All the time. <laughs> she does not sound like that. She sounds exactly like that. That's no, a great impersonation like that. of her. You sound like a Muppet. She sounds like a Muppet. She sounds like a Muppet giving birth. <laughs> and if you can hold me tight, we'll be holding on Exactly. <laughs> and again, he sees her. Yeah. And he can see her for what she truly is. She can see him as something more than just this, this punk, like this tough guy, pretty boy, not tough guy, cool guy, rich kid. Yeah. And that he actually cares about people and he is willing to be loyal and protect people and that he's extending that to her and she doesn't shut it out, but she says, are you sure you want it? Cause here's who I really am. Yeah. And he basically says, oh yeah, I yeah, still want a relationship with, with you. Yeah. It's, it's just not what I thought it would be, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I mean, just from all angles, a great show. Oh, it really is. It does everything you want it to do and doesn't do it over the top. Like, again, there in 2019, there are a lot of shows that will play on same-sex attraction, LGBTQ stuff. Oh, yeah. In a way that seems tokenism. Yeah. Especially a period show. Right, right. Like, that just wouldn't happen. I right. mean, it wouldn't... Uh, there, it, sure, there were exceptions, but it probably... It, it was not on the consciousness of no, the no, public no. the way it and is And there now. were certainly LGBT people there, sure. but they were very closeted yeah. by necessity. Right. Like, the society was not welcome to them. Right. Uh, and, and again, every now and again, there's a movie in a show that I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're doing this, and it's predictable. Yeah, and it's a, yeah. This is not that. No. Uh, it's a really human and beautiful yeah. moment around around Robin's journey. And um, every character is allowed, like, is a real character. All the kids get their times to shine. Lucas yeah. has this great scene where he basically does a commercial for New Coke, <laughs> which is the best thing. How do you even drink that? Because it's delicious. What? It's like Carpenter's The Thing. The original is the classic. No question about it. But the remake, sweeter, bolder, better. You're insane. So you prefer the original thing? What? No, I'm not talking about the thing. I'm talking about new Coke. It's the same concept, dude. Uh, actually, it's not the same concept. It is the same concept. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Hey! Sorry. 
Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at the heart of it, though, you get this show that's truly about a community that is loyal to each other and will help each other. Yeah. And that n- there's no one hero. No. Even Eleven needs them. And, and, and in this one, Eleven becomes weaker because they lean too hard on her. Right. And that's that was something else. I was, again, the predictability. I started to get nervous going into season three because in season one, Eleven wins mm-hmm. the day. In season two, Eleven wins the day. Yeah. She's their, like, their big nuclear option. Yeah. And it was pretty clear about two episodes from the end in season three that they're like, no, Eleven can't save you this time. Yeah. And they were leaning real hard on her early in the season. You're like, I don't, I mean, they're really she's like reading people's minds now and stuff yeah. like it's almost like a, a little too much yeah and they they backed off it, it's just great um, yeah for a show that has almost no explicit theological bent uh, in any way shape or form you get some pretty cool stuff you get the the imagery of being seen yeah uh there's a lot of discussion about community like you said friends don't absolutely. lie absolutely uh what and we, genuine community like yes. that it's not just we are not no there are no token characters in this no uh, and there's like in this one in season three, in a very real way to 14 year olds, uh, there's talk about the differences boys and girls and how yeah. the boys don't understand. And and all of that is is both cute and kind of honest that yeah. girls and boys are different. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but that doesn't make one better than the other and kind of them trying to figure that out and how everyone fits in. There's no knight in shining armor, even um, Mike is actually kind of worthless. Yeah. <laughs> um, in right. terms of saving, like, you, yeah, he doesn't really ever do anything. No. Anything. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, but he's there. He's, right. he's the one who keeps reminding them that they need to care about each other. Yep. Um, it's, uh, Dustin was off at camp nowhere, which is yields a really fun duet. Suddenly oh at the end of it. Oh my gosh. That was, I a love that beautiful part. scene. Yeah. Except the auto tune. I'm not big on auto It's really, <laughs> but yeah. So that's a, that's a really great, great, thing it's just it's beautiful and it's and it and the we didn't talk about Winona Ryder as the mom oh, like the, the connection to family and connection to friends and connection to like that we are in this community we need we don't leave each other behind we all work together we all help each other and we need you yeah and there's this great part in it that this the plot of season three is even weirder where there's Russians in it and stuff like that and most of the group was separated into two different camps for the whole episode for the whole season and then you get to like episode seven they finally get together and uh, the one group is like, we figured out, we found the Russians. And the other group's like, what are you talking about, Russians? Yeah, and, how and, the and then Russians you realize, like, this. oh, they had no idea yep. what was going on. That one figured out about the Russians and the other ones were dealing with the Mind Flayer the whole time. Yep. Uh, and then there's show. Alexi. Oh, it's the a, defector, uh, the Russian yeah. defector. Oh, man. It's so good. The, it, whoever that actor is, the joy on his face whenever he's when he at gets the a carnival. Slurpee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. And so that I think that like as we are looking at how it fits in with the church, like that's that's true community. Mm-hmm. And that true community is real messy. Like yes. this is real messy that they have to deal with each other and they and they have to deal with confusing emotions. Will gets really upset because everyone's changing and all the relationships are changing because oh. different people are dating and he gets frustrated by it. But I can't really articulate it. like I just want it to be like it was. Yeah. But it can't be. But that doesn't mean that we have to throw everything out. And right. that's and it the the nice thing about the show, it doesn't always resolve everything. No. And it doesn't, it's not just left, it's not poor writing that leaves those things unresolved. It's the fact that they are humans who are growing. Right. And allows. It's unresolvable. Yeah. And even the endings are unresolved. They save the day. And again, they save the day in this one, but. But there's clearly indications that if a fourth season were in the other thing. Oh, it's definitely going to. It's coming. Super popular. It's coming. Yeah. So watch Stranger Things. Oh, so good. And see see each other. And remember that friends don't lie. Friends don't lie. All right, so uh, a Twitter question for the masses. Uh, I usually, usually the way the roughing the pastor formula goes uh, is we do the goofy conversation up front, and then we do a serious conversation after the theme music, and then we ask a question based around the uh, serious topic. That is what we do. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a wrench in that. Oh, what's your what's your favorite episode? of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, we can tag that in there. Yeah. Uh, so, Ruff the Pastor on Twitter, Ruffing the Pastor, if you'd like to handwrite it and take a picture of it on Instagram. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I think that that's. Uh, I, I said I said before, we'd given Bartleby a vacation. We hadn't announced it on the show, but Bartleby, Bartleby's been away for a good month or yeah, so. Been a, a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Is he here? Do you have anything to say, buddy? Hello. It's so good to be back. Yeah. Where'd, you, where'd you go on vacation, buddy? I went. 
floor closet. That's, that was, that's the best you could come up with. The second please. floor closet. Well, I don't want to leave the place in case you need me. Yeah, but we gave that. you time off. Where will I go? I don't know. It's not our job to really figure that out. All right. Do you have any cr- corrections for us? Oh. Well. Oh, my. It seems that you do. Yeah. That's a bunch. Okay. Well, um, the one that I have here is that uh, HP Lovecraft is the guy who did Cthulhu. Why? Too, too late. Yeah. I already figured that out. I yeah. used my phone. He also Way to go. All right, Bartleby. Well, thank you Always for everything. One in our heart. <laughs> thank you for everything that you've done. I hope your vacation was good and you feel very rested. I miss you so I barely noticed you were gone. I slept with your blanket. Oh, that's why it smells like socks. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, Barbie. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're back. We could have used you. We had a lot of mistakes the last couple of months. He's so true. All right. Well, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And this has been Roughing the, the Passer. Passer. See you next week, guys. Hooray.